This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit biblicallliferecoverycenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Modlin. Thank you for tuning in to Reflections of the Lighthouse. I'm excited about our topic here for episode four, forgiveness in recovery. I think forgiveness is a really important piece, and it affects everyone in recovery Mm -hmm. and everyone on this planet. Yes. So, um, Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne, let's start off with the question, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is letting go of deep-seated hurts often. It's no longer holding those people to account as though they owe you any longer. And and that is a process. Forgiveness is a process. So we're going to jump in Hebrews 12, 15 and look at that for a moment in talking about forgiveness. Hebrews 12, 15. And it says... See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. So this is a pretty important thing because it's saying that uh, make sure you're not failing to receive God's grace. So what causes us to fail is the question we need to ask, and the the text is going to answer that for us, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it, many become defiled. Now, unforgiveness, when we refuse to forgive people, we end up with a root of bitterness that grows up into our hearts, and it ends up affecting every relationship we have. And this is why it says it defiles many, because it will affect every relationship, every circumstance we have. We allow that hurt to begin to control our very lives in every instance of our life, it becomes the all-consuming controlling factor of our lives. So, so I, I know, you know, I, I've been in this field for a long time, counseling degrees and all that. I know that, that forgiveness is a hard thing. It is. And everyone has to forgive at some point in their life and probably weekly, monthly, daily. Yes. I'm also not naive enough to know that there are some people who are listening to this podcast that have been deeply, deeply, deeply wounded. Yes. Whether it was sexual abuse or, or abandonment or you, you fill in the blank. There's some yep. deep, deep, deep hurts there. And we're not also, as we're discussing forgiveness, we're not also negating the fact that those wounds are there. They're there, yes. But we're saying that forgiveness is a process that we need to start. And just because I say I forgive you doesn't mean that I forgive you. Yes. It's a process. And sometimes that process starts with the words. And I also want to point out that sometimes we need people to help walk through this process with us. Yes. Because it is so overwhelming. We can't do this alone. No. Um, I remember when I first went into the addiction program, I went into faith-based one, and uh, 
Thanks for not mentioning the name of our competitors on, yes. on the podcast. Um, but God did a work in my heart while I was there. And I went in my first day, I cussed out every one of the staff because I was deeply hurt. I was deeply wounded in my life. I didn't trust anyone. I had been abused as a kid by a stepfather. And I remember while I was there, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me as I began to read the scriptures on forgiving my stepdad. And to be honest, to begin with, I said, I don't want to forgive him. I'd rather kill him. And I, I mean, it was a deep wound in my life, but I knew I couldn't move on with Christ without beginning to walk through a process of forgiveness. And the only thing I knew to, to do, Brandon, was pray. So I am sure there are people listening that have those same sentiments in their life. Yes. That forgiveness isn't an option. If I ever see this person, they're going to be in big trouble. Yes. Let's talk through the process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a releasing of the offender. So one of the things that I tell the guys in our program is when you are harboring anger and, and ill will towards someone, they are still controlling you. Yes. So let's, can, can I use the example of, of, that you've already said yes. about your stepfather? So, so if you would have continued to remain angry at him and weekly or daily thought about all of the abuse and all of the hurt and all of the pain and just allowed it to build in your life, who is ruling and sitting on the throne of your heart? The person that offended me, the person that hurt me. Yeah, and, th- and that's the hard thing about abuse in particular. It, it is not a one-time event. It is a, a long-time thing that has to be dealt with. But the, the forgiveness is a start of a releasing the offender from our life. I don't, I don't need this. I don't need you to control me any longer. Yes. And it is a turning from letting the offender control my life to handing that over to a Savior Yes. who cares for me and loves me deeply. Now, that's a hard thing to do for people who've been hurt yes. to trust a Savior. But it is an um, important step. So let's talk through that step a little bit. Well, I can just talk about my experience. Sure. Even you, you talk about a Savior. For me, I, I can understand Jesus being a Savior. But when you started talking about God as a Father— I got I got really upset because the only, I had a father that left me when I was a kid that would send birthday presents to my brother on my birthday and send birthdays to him on my birthday. It was just all mixed up, and I was wounded from that. Then I had a stepdad that was abusive both physically and um, verbally. So when you started talking about God as father, no, sir, uh, not me. And it took a it took a while for me to process that because my stepfather and father had warped my understanding of things, and I was allowing them to control even my concept of who God was. So part of part of your healing was releasing that concept. Yes. So understanding that the God the Father is nothing like uh, the the father figures I'd had in my life. And for me, the only thing I knew to do, Brandon, to begin with was pray. And I started praying. And when I started praying, I was gritting my teeth and my jaws and praying for God to to save 
my stepdad. That was one of the hardest things I ever did. But after a while, I noticed that I was no longer clenching my jaw, gritting my teeth. But I began to see my stepdad as a wounded man as well and and began to think about how he was abused as a kid and how he never got healing. And I began to see him as a actual human being. And that, that my friend is a gift of mercy. Yes. And we can give mercy because great mercy has been shown to us. Yes, and we can see this in the scriptures over and over again where God shows mercy to us. The Bible actually says that his mercies are new every single morning. He gives us with mercies. And you may say, well, what about the unbeliever? Well, we have something called common grace where God is good to every person. He causes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. So all people have experienced God's mercy. And because we've experienced this mercy from God, we should be willing to also share that mercy. Now, because we've offended God with our own sin. We've offended him, and he has not held that against us when we put our faith in Christ. He, he releases us from the burden of that. That's an amazing release. Yes, it is. And I don't have to carry that guilt, right? And one thing I see that a lot of people struggle with is shame uh, that have been hurt deeply like that. And they begin to take the offender's uh, shame onto them. Well, Christ took the shame for us at Calvary, the Scripture says. And we don't have to carry shame and guilt and those burdens, we can release those things because Christ has been good and merciful to us. And people often get shame and guilt mixed up. Yes. Shame is, um, or guilt is a standing. Yes. I, um, I did something wrong. I'm standing guilty. But when I make that right, ask for forgiveness, pay penance, whatever that looks like, yes. I am no longer guilty. Yes. But if we continue to carry that guilt, it goes into shame. It, it would be false guilt yeah. or, or shame. And so, so people don't understand the difference. But that's a so big of a rabbit trail. Yes. We, we need to come back. So forgiveness is releasing the offender, sometimes slowly. Yes. Because of the mercy God's shown to us. And, it, and it's a change in attitude towards them. Yeah, like I was experienced when I began to pray for my stepdad was uh, God began to change my attitude and how I saw the one that offended me, um, that I saw he was a human being too that had been wounded greatly, and he hadn't dealt with his issues. And they manifested that defilement, defilement of many, that bitter root that rose up in him, ended up affecting me. And I began to see him as a person that Christ died for. And that began to change my attitude. And then ultimately it ends with the decision to let it go. Yes. Now that may seem like a really long path um, that that people are on, that that forgiveness path. But let, let me say it's not easy. No. It's it's one of the hardest things you will ever do. Yes. But it's one of the best things that you will do. Because if we are living in an unforgiveness 
uh, if we're living an unforgiveness lifestyle, every single thing that we do will be twisted and messed with by that unforgiveness. Yeah, I remember uh, pastoring at a church, and a young lady started attending our church, very angry. And I, 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 we began to counsel her and work with her, and I found out that uh, when she was around 16, 17 years old, she went to go work for a Christian, uh, somebody she believed was a believer, and they were working at the office late one night, and he raped her. And then she went to college, and she was at a frat party, and she was dosed and then got gang raped. And she was allowing those experiences to control her. So she, she began to think, I've got something that men really want. And instead of them getting over on me, I'm going to get over on them and I'm going to use them before they can use me. So she, she can, in her experiences, she was no longer, she couldn't have any type of meaningful relationship or contact. It was always, I got to get over on them before they get over on me. And she ended up having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sexual encounters only to get over on these men, to get what she wanted instead of them getting what they really wanted. And it was had almost destroyed her life. These people that she had refused to forgive were still controlling every decision she was making in relationships. And it took her a long time time to begin to unpack all of that stuff and it took her understanding the cross and what Christ actually accomplished for her that he was the one man that never wanted to get over on her so so some people get this confused that if I forgive someone I have to let them back in my life no Forgiveness doesn't mean that. Um, that would be foolishness. Yes. Uh, forgiveness means releasing. doesn't even mean, mean that you have to speak with the person. It doesn't even mean that you have to see them again. You don't have to go to family events with them. There's still some boundaries in place. Yes. Uh, sin causes boundaries. Um, hurt causes boundaries. Yes. And we're not saying to be best friends with the person. No. But we're saying releasing that, that inner angst, that, that, that struggle that we have, that hatred towards them, and, and letting God heal those crevices of our heart. Yeah, I, w- I would have never taken that young woman to go to have a relationship with the men that abused her. Right. I don't think that would have helped in the process at all. But some people think that that's part of the process, and, and it is definitely not. Yeah. Now, um, re rekindling relationships may be yes but but don't have to be okay let's move on what about the passage that says if you want your heavenly father to forgive you 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 must forgive others yeah found in matthew chapter 18 Uh, jesus shares this parable this story of this rich master and this man that owes him a debt that he could never pay back. And he would have to live thousands of lifetimes to be able to pay this debt back to the master. And he begs for forgiveness, and the master gives him forgiveness. Well, this man that's just been forgiven goes and finds somebody that owes him just a little amount of money, 
And then that person begs him to forgive, and he refuses to forgive this person that owes him a little bit and has him thrown in the prison. Well, the master, the rich master, founds out about it, and he's not having it. And he has to stand before that master again, and the master says, now you're going to have to pay back everything you owe me. And then Jesus goes into, in uh, verse 35, that unless we forgive, we won't be forgiven. Um, we have owe God a debt that we could never pay back. So he became a man in the person of Jesus Christ, and he paid that debt for us. He forgave us. We see Christ hanging on the cross, looking at the very people who were crucifying and killing him, and he says what, Brandon? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And this is the same thing we're called to. Those who have been forgiven much are called to forgive as well. Now, this doesn't mean that it happens overnight. Uh, sometimes some of those emotions are so entangled and so bottled up in us it takes time, and God knows that. Uh, uh, the scripture that he knows our frame and he knows we are but dust, uh, I think comes into play here. Uh, he knows our weaknesses and our infirmities. The Bible says we have a high priest who can sympathize with us. That's Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I can sympathize with you, Brandon, but I have no power to help you in and of myself. So not only do we have a Savior who sympathizes, we have a Savior who has the power to help. He sympathizes with our weakness and forgiveness. And then he can walk us through a process of forgiveness. Yes. So again, it's a process. Yes. It's not a, oh, I'm going to forgive you, Dwayne, and, and it's all done. It's a, it's a process. Now, one of the things that I, I highly recommend to anyone listening is if you're dealing with forgiveness issues is find a biblical counselor. Yes. Now, we have talked in some of the past um, podcast episodes about the difference between Christian counselors, secular counselors, and biblical counselors. Yes. I think this is one of the, the places where biblical counselors thrive I do too. is in this forgiveness issue. So Google biblical counselor in your area, um, make some connections, make sure that they are, they are going to God's word first to deal with the issues of the heart. One of the things that I love about our program at the Lighthouse is our biblical counseling model. Yes. Now, yes, we were founded as a men's residential addiction program. Uh, we use biblical counseling truths. We've also started some biblical counseling care at our community center and it's amazing to see people come in who are broken and hurting and find forgiveness and, and be introduced to Jesus and, and to start to see the, the deep longings and the deep hurts of their hearts be healed and, and, and redirected. Yes. And I, I, love, I love that biblical counseling can deal with forgiveness so well. And I challenge you, if this is a deep struggle of your heart, Walk that process with someone who loves Jesus deeply, who's trained to help you walk through that forgiveness process. Yes. Because if we don't, it leads to a life of bitterness and hate and anger and maybe even ultimately addiction. Yes. Uh, a huge amount of the guys that come to us are using because of the pain of hurt in their life. And what they really need is forgiveness, not substances. Yeah, I, yesterday uh, in one of the classes, 
uh, on dealing with emotions that I walked through with some of the guys, uh, we were talking about rejection. And we shared the story of Leah uh, in the Old Testament where she was rejected by her father, her husband, her sister. But ultimately, she was accepted by God and how it revolutionized her life and changed her. And there was a young, uh, a young man sitting in the class, and he just began to weep because of the deep wounds of rejection and the unforgiveness that he had over that. And I saw the Holy Spirit beginning to work a process. Process isn't overnight. But this young, this young man has been angry through his life. It's affected all of his relationships. He, we often take it out on the people we don't want to take it out on. The people that are closest to us end up getting hurt by us because we haven't dealt with these issues and we have anger boiling over in our lives and uh, we hurt the people. Uh, you know the famous saying, hurt people, hurt people. And, and it's so true, Brandon, that uh, uh, when we're hurt and we hold on to those hurts and that root of bitterness gets involved in our life, we begin hurting other people because we haven't dealt with the issues we need to. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We we love that you're participating with us in this Share it with a friend. Make sure you subscribe so that way you get alerted when we update more. And if you've not heard about The Lighthouse or want to know more about us, visit that first episode that talks about who The Lighthouse is and why we're different. Or visit us on our website at biblicalliferecoverycenter.com. If you're interested in our biblical counseling services, please send us a message through our website or call our front desk at 260-255-6413. And again, if you're not in the Fort Wayne area, go ahead and Google Biblical Counselor in My Area and um, ask them some questions. See, see, see that. Make sure that their answers are coming from the Bible first and um, seek help on some of these issues because forgiveness is one of the biggest issues we will deal with in life. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.